You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. The Chicago Bears beat the Dallas Cowboys in a blast of a football game that was never quite as close as its 24-31 scoreline suggests it was. I bring on from the sidelines lead football analyst Dan DeYoung to help me walk through this game on this episode of Bear With Me. What's up, Bears fans, and welcome back to another episode of Bear With Me, a Chicago Bears podcast hosted by yours truly, Robert Schmitz, here on the Windy City Gridiron Podcasting Network, where folks like me, Bill Zimmerman, Jeff Burkus and EJ Snyder are doing our darndest to bring you the best Bears content that we can on a week-to-week basis. And here I am at 11.09 p.m. in Dallas, Texas, the land of the defeated, with Dan DeYoung, the lead writer from From the Sideline, and just having re- uh, reached the conclusion of his career at Wisconsin Lutheran as a tight end and defensive end. So I'm really excited to talk to him because holy moly, Dan, could you have imagined a better Bears win than what we saw tonight? Hey, Robert, no, I could not have imagined at all in a million years that this game would go the way that it went. You know, I think all of us were still nervous about uh this game, just thinking, man, this is going to be the end of the run, you know, thinking we just won a couple in a row. Chicago's looking good. But we had the Trubisky question, as we've had all throughout the year. You know what? Tonight, you can't even say anything. You know, in the past, we've said stuff about, you know, oh, he just beat Detroit. You know, that's not a big deal. They're a bad defense. Can't say anything about that. There's questions about some of his decision-making stuff. I have no complaints from that game. He had one questionable interception. That was really the one play that I look at. And I see, I saw that play, and, and I'm thinking, oh, gosh, here we go. Oh, this is not going to be a good one. And the whole rest of the game, zero complaints about it. I mean, I thought it was hilarious. I'll tell you straight up front, Dan, I am fully well uh, ready to wake up tomorrow and find out that it's Thursday. Because this was a <laughs> dream state kind of game. I right. mean, exactly. I mean, exactly like you're saying. Uh, the the only real question that I have from Trubisky is to this day. I mean, to this day. Come on, it's the same day, Robert. I don't know where he was throwing that. It kind of looked like he might have been trying to squeeze it to Wims and threw it over him because I don't think he yeah. threw it to Anthony Miller and. I don't want to believe he was throwing it out of bounds and kept it in the field of play. But either way, very similarly to what we saw against the Lions last week, he threw an interception and the light came on. Like from there, we saw the best of Mitchell Trubisky. I'll come out and say it. This is the kind of game that Ryan Pace saw and traded up for. I mean, it's a simple game. Don't get me wrong. He didn't throw like 25, 30 yard, like downfield passes, but he distributed the ball. Well, 
He punished the defense with his legs. He played with confidence. And ultimately, he maximized the offense's ability to make plays. This was the first game, I think, this season that we saw the Bears receivers consistently get yards after catch. And part of me thinks that that emanated from the fact that Mitch was delivering the ball better than ever. I'll, I'll note one more thing and then turn it over to you. I remember after the interception, weirdly enough, I, it wasn't quite an interesting enough play to like rock it off a tweet about or something. But I remember there was a third and two. Uh, I believe it was third and two. And Tariq Cohen caught a swing pass and ran for a first down. Again, four-yard gain. Nothing to get excited about. But I did notice at that moment, because similar to you, I know I was sort of reeling and you know having this moment of, oh, great, Mitch looked good, and he threw an interception. What in the world are we going to see? But that ball to Tariq Cohen, again, just a swing pass, was dead on. Hit him right in the hands, allowed him to run after the catch. This was the distributor role we wanted to see. I don't know. I've been really critical of Trubisky, and you can talk about how you've spoken about Trubisky this season, mm -hmm. and I have nothing that I could like get on the mic and whine about. I really can. This is the game we thought we were going to get every single game this season, and maybe if I was going to whine about anything, it's that it took until here, but hey, at least we're technically still in the hunt. I don't know. What did yeah. you see? I know that's a lot to process. What I saw really tonight was a quarterback finally do what he needed to do for the system. I, I, you and I have been saying this entire season that Matt Nagy, when you watch it, go back and watch the game tape, there's wide receivers getting open consistently every game that Mitch misses on the reads, misses on the throws. And then also, you know, he's not taking advantage of one of his best attributes, his legs. This game tonight was completely different. There was something different with Mitch Trubisky tonight. What we saw was a confident quarterback. One thing that I noticed is just the little things that you see in these games. When I saw Mitch, he'd, you know, he'd get a completion, get a first down. I saw him multiple times like sprint back to that huddle. I saw him full out sprint. There was just a stern, just competitive edge that he had. He was focused. He knew what he had to do. He had no concerns that he couldn't do, uh, make a play. And I don't know if we've seen that out of him all season. Maybe the Lions game, he was looking like that as well. But that looked like a different quarterback than we've seen all season. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I was I was very open, certainly on Twitter, and as much as I could be in, in my last podcast, that when you have the at the 10 game sample size that we or that we had 10 teams sorry 12 games i believe 11 or 10 or 10 teams you get the idea we had a whole bunch of games for mitchell trubisky and three of them were particularly good washington detroit and detroit which you look at and you say well one of them is the one of the worst teams in the league in washington and the other is also one of the worst teams in the league and we beat them you start to wonder whether that is saying, okay, this is who Mitchell Trubisky is, the stuff that's bad, and the rest is just an outlier. This Cowboys team is not Washington. It's not It's not New Orleans, but it's not Washington, and it's not Detroit. Right. And probably my favorite part about this, and I don't want to give you too, or, yeah, um, I thought that tonight the offense, the Bears' offense, which is shocking that I'm about to say this, broke the back of the Cowboys offense because as the bears started to pile up points, it felt like the Cowboys made more and more mistakes as the game went on. And that, I mean, that's, 
that's classic like naggy vision. That's what he's wanted to do to just run teams over a la KC. Cause I don't know what you thought about the defense. I thought they played fine. Kyle Fuller had himself a really nice game. All things told certainly almost had an interception. Uh, but I didn't think that the defense shined in any particular way. Certainly Roquan Smith got hurt. They, they I'm not suggesting they didn't make plays. I need to make that clear. It's more to say that the offense seemed to carry the load today. And with the way this season has gone, I mean, that's the last thing I expected to see on Thursday night. Exactly. You know, most of these games, it's been riding on the defense. But tonight, the offense is what won this game. It won this game. That plain and simple, the Chicago Bears offense beat the uh, Dallas Cowboys. They did not need the defense to step up and play at an elite level. They played, as you said, fine. That's exactly how I would put it. There were some mistakes, but they also, you got to consider, this is also a defense. We saw Roquan Smith exit early. We don't have Akeem Hicks. Prince of Mukamara is out, and that's a big loss when you're going up against a wide receiver like Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup. Bears were, uh, had some serious issues going in this game, and I'd say Chuck Pagano overall did a very good job of dealing with these issues. And, you know, dealing with Roquan Smith, you know, that's tough. Losing yep. your star linebacker like that, you have to adjust fast for something like that. That's not something you really prepare for. Then you saw, uh, I don't know if you noticed it, but I believe I saw more dime looks at that point. I saw Deion Bush come on the field more. I saw uh, just a different approach to the game quickly, and that's what you get out of a defensive coordinator like Chuck Pagano. I uh, So I'll be the first to tell you that especially when I'm watching the game live, I usually don't stare at the formations at that point. That's something that <laughs> part of it's that I'm still working into it. And part of it's that I just stare at the lines and I'm like, what's going on there? You, you get the idea. But I thought it was really interesting watching the way that Chuck uh, adjusted because the Bears seemed to get steamrolled in that first drive. And then yeah. after that, they started to stand taller and taller. And it helped. Don't get me wrong that we got to watch another team miss a field goal for once. Uh, that, <laughs> that was awfully nice. And it really did it seem was. to be the it seemed to be the punch in the gut that was part of the Cowboys downfall. But I mean, I'd be crazy if I didn't credit the Bears offense. And it makes you sound like I'm going off and off and off about them. But really, what a surprise. I mean, for crying out loud, I know we've been high on the guy. But did you think J.P. Holtz? was going to have some 50, 50 plus yards in this game coming in? Because that is the last thing I would have expected. You know, it's interesting. I was talking with my buddies who I was watching the game with, and I was saying, you know, these Bears tight ends, ever since Trey Bird and Adam Shaheen have been phased out, it has been a lot better. This, the tight end play has been better. And the two top tight ends going into the season, I don't know what you can even say. You know, Ryan Pace... Basically, just last second, brought in J.P. Holtz. He's been effective mostly in the run game. That's where he's been useful. But also, we've been seeing it in the past game. You know, I saw someone, I'm not sure who it was, tweeted it that uh, Jesper Horst had fired up uh, J.P. Holtz with his performance in the last one. But it was just really impressive for um, both those guys. Jesper Horst had also made some plays in that game. The Bears tight end group, the top guys have been disappointing, but the depth has been very impressive. 
I agree with that. I mean, it's not as if uh, so. One thing that's complicated. I feel like football fans, and I mean, come on, we we could say sports fans. They kind of want to make everything black and white. I know I have a tendency to. So when I say JP Holtz has been really, really impressive, a lot of people want to be like, "Oh, you mean like top ten? And I mean like, no, like an NFL player. Like he's looked like a good yeah. player. I mean, this guy was an undrafted free agent, and I don't even think he started the team on the or like he started week one on the roster. So when Pace picked him up, I don't know. that That's something I could use a fact check on, to be honest. But when Pace picked him up, he's almost immediately been plugged in. He uh, he had one nasty play that I can think of, and that was that drop against the Raiders. Uh, mm-hmm. But outside of that, I mean, he's been an effective fullback. Tonight, you could make the case that he was the offensive catalyst, and I'm not going to have a good counter argument because the Cowboys just did not come to prepared to defend J.P. Holtz. And so no. then you get a couple completions to your like backup tight end at the t- at the Y position. And suddenly, you know, like a like a wine bottle, you've just uncorked the whole offense and the Cowboys defense is adjusting and you're adjusting on their adjustments. I mean, it's all the naggy speak that we hear over and over and over. But it scored over 30 points. And that's right. so exciting. What were your overall offensive impressions? What do you think besides Mitch? And you're welcome to talk about Mitch in this section, but trying to focus more on not Mitch, what went right? Well, tonight we saw an improved running game. I think one thing, which I guess it does tie into Mitch a little bit, is that they were nervous about his legs, which opens up other things, and that includes the running game. It seemed like there were more holes opening in this game. David Montgomery was doing, you know, what he does usually, which is make guys miss. And really all David Montgomery needs is to make one guy miss. He's consistently, we've been seeing it. He's been making that one guy miss. The problem is number two and number three are coming and David Montgomery can't miss everybody. That's been, but that's been his entire season. And you'd like to see better stats out of David Montgomery for the whole season, but it just hasn't been realistic with the offensive line play. But tonight, he had a good performance. The running game looked good. I was very impressed with that. Wide receivers, you know, ran good routes. I just cannot – my overall feeling is I just cannot really find a complaint about this offense, which is something that I haven't been able to say for this entire season. There's been something with the offense that I'm like, oh, this has to be better. This has to be better. But what could you say? The wide receivers all played – I would say I don't, I don't think that I had a problem with any of the wide receivers in this game. Uh, Javon Wims, we just lost Javon Wims. You know, maybe you could say him because he had those couple drops in the end zone. That's but they weren't really drops. It's just contested passes with uh, Jalen Smith. But you know, I'm gra- I'm grasping with that. I'm really trying, like, just right. trying to find something. There's nothing. That was just a. It was refreshing. It was refreshing it- to just enjoy watching the offense absolutely and while i've got you there was one thing that i wanted to ask you about because you are you obviously just graduated if you will from your football career and i think that's awesome way to go uh thank you for just getting involved with the game like you did but one thing that i wanted to ask you about because i played lacrosse back in high school like my athletic experience is just not at the level that you have reached the calls on javon wims Given that, speaking of, he's had, I believe, three block-in-the-back calls or illegal block of some sort calls in two games. But back when I played sports, 
because I know two of those calls, if we could just be completely honest, are a little on the fishy side. Back when I was playing, right. I remember my coach, my parents, everybody would tell me that as best you can, try to stay so within the rules that it's not possible to flag you. That bad calls right. are going to exist, so you don't even want to get close. But mm -hmm. I've also never tried to spring a guy open on a block before. You probably right. have. What mm -hmm. did you, what do you think about the whim situation? Do you think he's getting the wrong end of the stick officiating wise? Do you think it's something that he could clean up? What do you think? You know, it's really hard to judge because sometimes with these calls, you see you have to consider the point of view of the ref, and you do see Javon Wims put his hands up, put him on his back. He might not push, but to a ref in a bang bang situation, they might throw the flag. And really, I agree. I don't think you can be in that situation. Now, I'm not saying it wasn't a bad call because the one tonight it was not the correct call, but he put himself in that situation and he really has to avoid that. And I'm sure that, uh, that Mike Fury is going to be on him for that. I'm sure. Interesting. So what you're saying is just to completely speculate here that sometimes it might be better to just keep your hands at your side and let the guy hit you and effectively block him by proxy yeah. that while you might not knock him on the ground, you are going to slow him down just so the referee can clearly see you didn't block him in the back. You just set a pick and he kind of blocked himself like that. You might know, be we're, yeah, you know, we're seeing that more. I think we're starting to see that more in football, especially with the new rules coming on. One big way that you see that is, you know, like blindside blocks. That's, you know, they talked about it a little bit tonight that, you have to be really careful in this game now. And it's hard sometimes for guys to adjust. I've done, uh, done it myself. I've gotten those calls on myself now because of the new rules. My mind is going, okay, there's, you know, there's a guy running here. I could, I could hit him. Like, and sometimes you just want to, but you have to remember you know, that this game is changing. You're not trying to make – the best play you can make is just help your teammates. Mm -hmm. That's the, you don't need to make the big flashy block as fun as it is. I've experienced that it is very fun to make those, but <laughs> you have to, uh, you have to be smarter with that. And then with black and the uh, block in the back calls are a little bit different because it's just, you know, that's always, that's always been a call, but it's overall just, you got, you got to try your best to be smart, but I understand. I understand the mentality that he, he has. He's just trying to help his teammate out, mm -hmm. but He's gotta, you got to uh, click, and that stuff takes time. That takes, you know, this is a second-year guy still getting right. used to the league. So it's just going to – it'll click it'll click for himself. That's why you see, you know, veterans not making those plays. You know, second-year mm -hmm. guy, it happens. And speaking of second-year guys, because that makes a ton of sense. I mean, this the to get three of those in two games, obviously it's not as if we should write him down as somebody that's going to you know pick one of those up every right. couple of games. Uh, you you got to think that's going to get ironed out at some point. But speaking of second-year players with a lot to grow, I am. I mean, I'm this this Anthony Miller season has been a roller coaster. That's somebody yes. that I think is worth a couple of words because he had a fabulous game last week. And truth be told, one of my favorite things about this game, this was the first game where I feel like everything went according to the offensive plan. I would almost call this offensive game like if you had asked me before the season and you'd shown me what happened and asked me to describe it in one word, I probably would have said chalk. 
because if you told me Allen Robinson was making contested catches, Anthony Miller was making plays after the catch, Cordell Patterson popped off a big run out of absolutely nowhere, Tariq Cohen hauled in like screen balls, David Montgomery sh- like threw guys off of him consistently, I would have told you that's everything we expected to see. Not not that it yep. was an amazing game, actually, just that it was, you know, expectations. And now yeah. it's amazing. Now it's flat out unbelievable right. to see. But what I find so interesting about Anthony Miller is with all this stuff surrounding his knowledge of the playbook and his being in the right place, I am starting to wonder whether we are throwing, uh, we're, we're effectively starting as a fan base to throw the baby out of the bathwater because I saw a lot of frustration pour out of Bears Nation when he dropped that third down pass. And I'm not about to excuse it. Don't get me wrong. But I did or I thought that in that zone uh, that zone curl that he ran where I believe he caught like a 12 yard pass turned it into a 20 yard pass. And Mm -hmm. he uh, that run that on that came on the block in the back for Javon Wims where he caught about a six yard ball reversed field went the other way and picked up like 12 yards and the screenplay that he turned into a touchdown Anthony Miller is looking like a second year NFL player that has taken that step forward with mental issues that are holding him back. And it's like a both and. And you can't because you can't pick one. Obviously, if we can pick one or the other, we would. But what do you think about Anthony Miller, the young receiver? You know, I've been an Anthony Miller guy. If you've been following me for a while, you'd know that uh, I've been an Anthony Miller guy for a long, long time. I was an Anthony Miller guy before we drafted him during the during Memphis's season. I was all in on Anthony Miller, and I didn't think Chicago was gonna. I thought, you know, it's possible. I did not expect Chicago to trade up for Anthony Miller. I did not expect for that to be the case. But when they made the trade up for Anthony Miller, I felt like they got a star number two receiver to go with Allen Robinson. I was thrilled with that pick because. You see it like we see in those flashes when he doesn't make the mistakes, he looks uh, he makes decisions, makes moves that only a few guys in the league can make. I think we saw that as a game you just mentioned that Thanksgiving game. There was a few routes that he ran that it's hard to find other guys that could run. There's that out route that he ran where the cornerback still was running upfield after he caught the pass because he's so quick with his footwork. And it is frustrating. The growing pains of Anthony Miller have been frustrating at times. I understand why fans get upset with it. I get it. But overall, you have to look at the potential. You have to look at the peaks. You have to expect that these things are going to go down. And I think the last couple of weeks, we've been seeing the mistakes go down. And I think Bears fans just have to look at the guy and say, all right, the mistakes are going to be uh, worth it one day. He's going to learn from it. He's clearly wor- – like, he works. The guy works extremely hard, you could tell. And there's a great play that, that I posted on Twitter a couple days ago from the Bears-Lions game. where You can see him create face on a Trubisky scramble where he is uh, on the sideline. So he decided to create space. He was planning on coming down close to run towards Trubisky. He turned around, started running upfield, and is so quick that when the cornerback flipped his hips, he turned back around and went back towards Trubisky and then caught the pass. And that was a play that a veteran receiver makes. 
And then you couldn't tell when just watching uh, during the game. You can't see all of that. When you watch it on tape, it made me go like, wow, that's what a veteran receiver does. So you see the flashes. You see the flashes of his play. And then you can see the athleticism, see the footwork. You have to get excited about him. And I, you just have to deal with the mistakes right now. Hey, I'll come out and say it, Dan. Uh, there are a lot of Bears fans that have held on to Trubisky's development and said, hang on, growth's not always linear right. and all the different tropes that we've seen. And you know what? With the talent that we can clearly see with Miller, I'm more than willing to extend him kind of the same courtesy. If we're waiting on Trubisky, let's put it this way, then right. we're gonna then we should wait on Miller while we're at it because right. I'm, w- I'm with you. The guy can flat make plays. And yep. spe- especially at the wide receiver position, and I'll pick out a league standout uh, in Tyreek Hill. Uh, obviously, he's not a man of, or his character is well into question, and that's not the endorsement that I'm about to give. But I will say that Tyreek Hill is a guy who he's got the skills, he's got the speed to make three absolutely game-changing plays a game, and he reminds you that sometimes that's what you need out of a wide receiver. You don't necessarily need the guy who's going to, you know, uh, you do need somebody who's going to have possession catches, but Anthony Miller's the kind of guy that is going to jump up and he's going to catch a ball 30 yards downfield over the cornerback's head, just like we saw in Oakland. Like, a ball he has no business getting. A really good receiving core overall, it's going to have that possession guy. It's going to have that true number one that makes all the catches for you. That's Allen Robinson. What Chicago really needed was that number two. Now, it could it could be Taylor Gabriel. You could have looked at him that way. But in truth, Anthony Miller was drafted to be that number two. And what that number two has to be is a playmaker. And that's exactly what he is. You said it yourself. He's a playmaker. You know, we saw it, you know, keep on bringing up this game, but the Thanksgiving game, you know, all of the deep ball, the two deep balls that he caught on that Trubisky final five, huge plays. Those were excellent routes. And I uh, said it myself in a thread that I did about him. For the rest of the season, if I'm identifying, if I'm Mr. Trubisky and I'm identifying man coverage, I'm searching for Anthony Miller in these games because he just gets open. It's what he does. Now sometimes he's going to screw up and he's going to run a wrong route. Something's going to happen. It's been and happening all season, and that's where the frustration is. And it's easy to see the, the mistakes. It's way easier to see the mistakes than success. One mistake you know, makes uh, up for you know, five good plays, mm-hmm. you know, if, if that makes any sense. I think it makes sense. I know one guy that uh, I think, in, to change gears a little bit, somebody that I know has gotten maligned a lot that I think has made major adjustments. And you know what? I mean, he's made such heavy adjustments that maybe it's time to walk back comments uh, that I know I made earlier because Matt Nagy has reframed this offense. It's hard to look at it. And the Nagy game plan is there, but he is also, you know, then again, maybe I have to walk back what I just said because I guess I don't really know, but the pocket moved a lot tonight, and I thought Mm -hmm. that was great. Maybe it was just Mitchell actually unchaining the run. I know he looked if you if you Bears fans, if you go back and rewatch this game, what you'll notice is Trubisky gets more and more confident running the ball as the game goes. He started out flat out tentative. And by that last touchdown, he was confident that option play that he had with Jesper Horstead. That was a thing of beauty. That's something that I don't think he's been confident enough to make this whole year. Oh, he was feeling it by the end of this game, which was awesome. And uh, 
I, I just want to give some sort of kudos to the man in charge because this was a savant level performance. And I think the players get a ton of credit for execution. They made plays. Uh, the coaching certainly had a couple of play calls that flat out did not work. I still don't know what went truly wrong on that, uh, that wildcat play, but all right. things told, I loved the way that Nagy mixed uh, the short game with the intermediate game. I thought it was intriguing that he just didn't even bother with the long game. Not really, but that it worked. I mean, the Bears offense put tremendous pressure on. And I mean, hey, when you've got an offensive head coach and you're able to win a game with your offense, you tip your cap and you say, hey, I'm glad things are starting to work out. What do you think? You know, I feel for Matt Nagy. This is the game that he, you know, he labels as this is how I want my offense to look. He wants his quarterback to operate exactly like Mitch Trubisky did tonight. He made the short medium throws. Didn't, you know, like you said, deep balls weren't really, he really wasn't searching for that, but he was getting wide receivers open short and medium. That was opening up the uh, running game. His quarterback was making the right reads. You brought up the run. uh, You brought up Mitch Trubisky running the football. What Mitch did well tonight. I noticed that was different is on those zone read calls, him pulling it, tra- it causes a difference in the Cowboys defense because once he started pulling the football on those, they're thinking, oh, gosh, you know, we got to prepare. We got to be ready for that, too. Before they were expecting the ball to get handed off because Trubisky has been tentative, as you mentioned. And early in that game, again, we saw we saw him running, you know, really, I saw him running for the sidelines. It felt like he was just trying to not make a bi- make a big mistake. But. As you mentioned, he just said, you know, at some point he said, screw it. I'm just going to run. And he did that on the big touchdown. That was perfect. Flat out. That's awesome. exactly what he needed. That, like that, hopefully that's what he, he does for the rest of the season. I think it's possible that he sees that and goes, I need to do that more. I think he needed that play. That play could change, you know, could change him really. That, that could change the rest of the season for him. If he put a, plays like that the rest of the season this offense opens up a ton and it actually works for Matt Nagy and Matt Nagy you know there's been some calls for him to get fired there's been calls for him to give up play calling duties he's been doing his job I genuinely believe that throughout this season there's been a couple games that I blame him for losing but there's been more games where I blame the players for not executing well enough more so after I go back and watch the tape of the game. This game, both the offensive players and the coach meshed very well, and that's the product. That's the product that uh, we want to see. That's the product that, as we mentioned earlier, that we want to see for the rest of the season. And honestly, I think we will. I sure I'm hope starting so. To lean the, I, I'm starting to lean that maybe, you know, sometimes you just need those light ball games. And, you know, for Mitch, it might have been creeping up during that Lions game. It might have been the moment where that woke him up and said, you know what? I can make these plays. He's con- uh, confident now. If he goes into Green Bay confidence, as a gre- if you're a Green Bay Packer fan, I think you, you're a little bit ner- you should be a little bit nervous about that game. I, I hey. You've given me just about the perfect segue here because given that we are starting to run a little bit short on time, I know we could go through the line play 
I know that uh, one of my re- or we could talk about that more, but I or we could also talk about the defense more theoretically. But with the time that we have left and the fact that the Bears just won, they're over 500 again. And with the Seahawks beating the Minnesota Vikings, the Bears are looking down the barrel, not at a playoff spot. They don't control their destiny just yet, but they sure make it a lot easier on themselves if they win the next three games. And that obviously starts just like you mentioned with a trip into Lambeau field with effective. I mean, this is, let's just lay it plain. This is a game that the bears seem to lose every year, not the Lambeau field game. I need to make this absolutely clear. Not just that, but in most of the Bears seasons that I can think of, it's the Packers that plant the dagger and they have another chance this year. Uh, I mean, this, this game that we saw tonight was amazing. I mean, I could look back at all the different Trubisky memories. I'm sure you could, too. It is shocking how many different times Trubisky has, quote-unquote, made the winning play, and then they lose anyways. I mean, the latest one that I could think of is the Chargers game, but the one that I always like to go back to, because it's probably my favorite Trubisky play ever, honestly, is that crazy fourth and, like, 15 run that he had in his rookie year against the Lions before... Barth missed a kick, and we lost anyways. In this game, that run almost seemed to purify him. There was an element, and who knows, maybe I'm feeling something that wasn't there, but there was an element of this is it that almost seemed to be coming from Trubisky that seemed to say, like, I did this, I planted this dagger, this was me, and that nothing can take this away. And... If he can carry that attitude into Green Bay and walk out with a win, and this Bears team goes to 8-6, and six, and by that, I don't mean that he scores a touchdown, throws three interceptions, and the defense carries the load. I mean, Trubisky goes in, he plays a solid game. It doesn't even have to be like a 120 quarterback rating game. If he goes in there, right. he puts up good numbers, and the Bears win. That's a major stepping stone that makes me weirdly confident against the Kansas city chiefs. And more importantly, it would defy his own narrative. And I think that's just what I'm waiting to see. I could, you and I could both go back and forth. We could list tons of games this year that would still make Trubisky look like the data says he's a struggling quarterback and that he's on the wrong trend. But this is the moment he's now done it two times in a row. That is way better than one. That's for sure. Like huge step in the right direction. I hope I've been complimentary enough about the kid because it really was awesome tonight. But this is that moment that the Adam Hodges of the world, the uh, everybody preaching patience about Mitchell Trubisky. Everybody's saying you give him the ball for the rest of the season. If he can effectively resurrect his hopes and expectations with a couple of major wins down the stretch. I mean, heck, Dan, if the Bears make the playoffs for crying out loud, then whatever quarterback controversy that we thought we had is just going to evaporate on the spot. And with that, I mean, that would just be wild. I would never have expected Mm -hmm. this. I mean, even just to be in this position, talking this highly about the quarterback four weeks ago, it just wasn't on my radar. What about you? Thoughts on the the down the stretch, Trubisky's play, what it means, and the Bears uh, just playoff push in general. So, you know, I said before the Thanksgiving game, 
you know, season, it's looking like it's right on the ropes. I didn't think, you know, playoffs, I think you and I were on the same page that playoffs, we wouldn't even be talking about it during this podcast, that we would even be thinking that maybe, maybe they could make the playoffs. But before that Thanksgiving game, what I said was, I think Mitch Trubisky's play for the rest of the season will dictate what they do at the quarterback position in free agency. I still believe that they, even if they have a great finish to the season, Mitch plays well, I still believe there's a good chance they bring in a decent veteran option. The difference is if Mitch plays like he did tonight for the rest of the season, they won't even be thinking about paying up for Teddy Bridgewater, for Cam Newton. They won't even consider that. They'll go after guys like Marcus Mariota, for example, Ryan Fitzpatrick, or someone like that. They're going to be looking for someone that, in an emergency, if Mitch you know, goes back to his old self, that they could plug him in next season. Now, then, if you signed this offseason, if the Bears signed, you know, let's say, Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater, I think we all would know, would be the starter for the 2020 season. So Chicago, uh, like I said, if he plays like he did, he does the rest of the season, they're not going to need that guy. They're going to just need an emergency guy like, like I mentioned, a Ryan Fitzpatrick, a Marcus Mariota, someone like that in his play right now. That's what I'm starting to lean towards being more realistic. I mean, it's going to be a tough go for Trubisky the rest of the season. He's got a couple tough games coming up. But I was really impressed with him in the last two games, even against the Lions. You know, Lions are a bad defense. We all know this. We heard this constantly when people brought up that Trubisky had a good game. They're like, well, that defense is bad. He was making all of the right throws, making all the right reads, things that he wasn't doing before. Now, in this game, as he played a better defense, he still was making the right reads. Heck, he even added something with the legs in this game that we really didn't see much of in Detroit. If he keeps on going up on this upward trend, I'm with you. I don't see where the quarterback controversy could really be next season if he continues to play like this. Now, we still have to wait. I'm still going to just going to hesitate and say, oh, there's no quarterback controversy next season because Trubisky could, as we've seen previous in the season, go back to how the rest of the season has been played. He could play like he did you know, in the Rams game or games like that. But he could play at this level like we just saw tonight. So, as I mentioned, I've mentioned a couple times, the rest of the season is going to dictate the offseason, which will be fun to watch. Even if Chicago does not make the playoffs and Mitch Trubisky does does play at a great level, that's still something to feel good about at the end of the season. Mitch Trubisky played poorly at the end of the season, and they still missed the playoffs. There's just it's just not an optimistic future. Nope, uh, not at all. I know one thing that I thought was really interesting, and this is something or a perspective that I find really intriguing about this Trubisky situation. I know you and a couple of the other guys I've talked to, we've all kind of agreed. Mitchell Trubisky seems like the kind of guy, a little different than Blake Bortles, where he's got the talent. It's just a matter of whether it ever clicks in his brain. Uh, it's It's this feeling of, we know it's in there, so why aren't we seeing it? 
and there became this sentiment. I know starting around the Chargers game, the Philly game, I know I really fell out of fell out of love with Trubisky. Um, that this kid was going to hit rock bottom, and he was probably going to get hit rock bottom whenever he left the Bears. And then when he did, he might very well just you know decide that he was ready to take that next step he had nothing to lose and he was going to play with that abandon that makes so many quarterbacks so great i mean for crying out loud just go watch a russell wilson or aaron Rodgers game uh and then all of a sudden not that he'd be amazing but who knows he'd be better i don't know what happened dan for all i know that rams game was the rock bottom moment where he got yanked out of that game Nagy talked to him and it was it and it sank But since then, I know we saw him play tentatively in the Giants game. I honestly, I'll tell you, I didn't think he was all that great in that game. But he was he was chucking the rock against the Lions. He played very well. And here against the Cowboys, he looked like he took what he did against the Lions game and just did it more. I mean, it it wasn't the same. I know you mentioned something that I really want to say from a scout's perspective. Quarterback's complicated because against bad teams, if you if you miss throws, but you score, you know, 45 points, it doesn't. I mean, you still miss the throws. That's not a good thing. Quarterbacks, quarterbacks a little bizarre because you can see elements of bad quarterbacking even against bad teams. The Detroit games, that's not what we were seeing. We were seeing what looked like a much like a different player. And tonight, that different player showed up in a big game in primetime in a six and six game that I mean, honestly, from the Bears perspective, let's be real, Dan, this might as well have been a playoff game. And Mitch Trubisky went out and he won it. And that's that's a different quarterback than what we saw this year. That's a very positive thing. Yeah, you know, overall, I'd say about uh, Mitch Trubisky. Um, I think you nailed it when talking about, you know, that Rams game being rock bottom in that uh, game. I do think that mentally he might have really hit like this is it. Like I have to uh, play well the rest of the season if I want to keep my job. You know, this like you get uh, I mean, like there's one thing you could talk about last season. Trubisky. Remember last season when there was a discussion about him staying off social media because he didn't want to see other people's opinions. He didn't want to get the fans. I'm sure this year he couldn't avoid people's opinions. They were everywhere. Every time he turns on, every time he could have turned on ESPN or anything like that, they were probably giving him, you know, giving him the business, telling him you are playing poorly, which is probably why he asked to turn the televisions off at Hallis Hall. Overall, they were ta- uh, they weren't talking about the Bears being d- overall disappointing. They were talking about Mitch Trubisky being disappointing, and I think it got to him. Of course, it's going to uh, get to him, you know. Especially with all the talk of Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson being drafted after him, I'm sure that uh, he's heard that constantly. He sees that all the time. It's got to uh, get in his mind, and I'm sure during the season he was thinking about that. But then after that Rams game, you're right. We saw something different. At that point, he might have just said, you know what? Screw it. If I'm going to, you know, if this is going to happen to me, I might as well go all out and just use all the talent that I have and just put it all out there. Don't play conservatively. Just sling the rock, run with the football like we saw tonight, and just go for it. And if he plays with that mentality all the time, with that mentality that I think – 
He went into this game not saying, I'm going to help my teammates win this game. He's, I honestly feel like he went into this game and said, I'm going to win this football all game for the Bears. With the runs he was making halfway, uh, halfway into the game, with all the big runs, big plays he was making, he had the confidence that I'm going to help uh, win this game. And I don't think we've seen that this entire season, that level of confidence. I don't know if you've noticed a moment like that, but I sure haven't. No. I mean, maybe a little bit in the uh, Lions game, but certainly it, it occasionally even felt like he was sort of just backing into making the right play. Like, oh, I guess I should throw it deep. Threw it. Got caught. This game, uh, there was there was an evolution. At the first half, it was I, – I still remember the play that probably sticks out the most to me was that very first rollout. Uh, I can't remember whether it was the first drive or the second drive, but it was early. Uh, and everybody bails deep. It's a right-side rollout. And you see the corners. Like, you can see them in the broadcast view. They turn around. They leave. And there is a first down clearly open and available. And I remember because Mitch was hesitating. I was, I was sitting on my couch yelling, run, run, Mitch, get up and yep. run, go get that thing. And he hesitated, but then he saw the opportunity and he cashed in. And I would debate that he was probably a little late on it, but hang on. Cause I'm not trying to credit or I'm not trying to blindside him on this one play. You saw that hesitation disappear by the second half. It wasn't there anymore. I mean, he was, he was bold. We were seeing that 2018 Trubisky back in action under center. That was, I mean, it was different. It was really cool. Hopefully it continues. That's the key here. We got to see it continue. And you know what? If it evaporates in the pack, if it, this is a better way to put it. If it evaporates completely in the Packers game, that's a big red flag to me. If it's kind of there in the Packers game, that's just, that's a much smaller red flag. I, I'll, you have to take these things into consideration. If it's not there or if he's, fully the same guy he was today and the bears still lose um i mean heck <laughs> we'll cross that bridge when we get to it but that is right. an interesting thought line but anyways we have hit our time dan it was awesome having you on uh thank you so much for providing your insight to the show where can the wonderful folks over at windy city gridiron listening find you uh you can follow me on twitter uh dandy young fb that's where you're going to find almost all of my content at this point in time. I'll be posting, you know, Twitter threads on players, posting game tape, just trying to give you as much information as possible from this game. I can almost guarantee that I'm going to be posting something about this game because that was just, that was exciting. That was fun to watch. It's going to be nice to when the coaches film pops up on NFL Game Pass to go up there and just be excited to watch it. To uh, yeah. be like, let's see, uh, let's see what Mitch Trubisky did in this game instead of oh, let's see what Mitch did in this one. It's gonna be very fun. Can't wait to do it. To at Dandy Young FB, if you're looking for that. Thanks for having me on, man. I really had some great time talking some ball with you. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Have a great rest of your night. You too, man. And Bears fans, that is all I've got for you tonight. If you like the show, please rate us five stars or give us a review on whatever platform it is that you're listening to this show on because those reviews help us get this show out as far and wide as we can and reach other Bears fans as well as just grow the show in general. If you like what I have to say, feel free to follow me over at Robert K. Schmitz on Twitter. That's R-O-B-E-R-T-K-S-C-H-M-I-T-Z. And if you search my first and last name, Robert Schmitz on YouTube, 
YouTube, you'll find the channel that I commonly put analytical work that I'm I'm going to be honest. I had a Charles Leno and a Tariq Cohen study planned. It would not surprise me if I'm going to shelve those for a little bit so that I can make something about Trubisky because if I could be completely candid, I didn't think that the Bears were going to be in this position. They have completely sucked me back in. And you know what? With this kind of play from the quarterbacking spot, I don't know if the playoffs are necessarily within reach, but they're a lot more realistic than they were, you know, three, four weeks ago. So with that in mind, maybe a couple more week-to-week vids are appropriate. We'll all feel it out together. But thank you so much for listening, Bears fans. And until next time, bear down. And thank you so much for bearing with me.